This podcast is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, award-winning wealth managers who go above and beyond to support and guide you. Visit candowealth.com to start building your wealth with confidence. Hello and welcome to Spectator Coffee House Shots. Uh, the Tory leadership contest is washing up, which is appropriate given the weather. We're rather sweltering on our, our roof here in Parliament. So Katie, catch us up. Where are we at lunchtime on Tuesday? So by the end of the day, we expect some candidates to be out of the contest. In fact, Grant Shapps already is. He is rode in behind Rishi Sunak. And this comes after the 1922 changed the rules last night after the new executive was elected to raise a threshold. So you need 20 MPs to back you, including a proposer and seconder, um, to get on the ballot in the first place. And then from there, for the first round tomorrow, which is Wednesday, you need to have at least 30 MPs supporting you. Now, at the time of speaking, there are only three candidates that have over 20 but we expect that to go up as the day goes on and but because he's some you know some other figures knocked out people like Sajid Javid Nadim Zahori I think there was an assumption they would probably get through the first round but we just need to see if they do have the numbers while we get to the afternoon and of course we'll bring updates on coffee house and so forth at that point in terms of where the contest is we've also had three launches this morning so Tom Tugendhat Kemi Badenoch and also Rishi Sunak the front who is currently seen as the front runner and I think in terms of Liz Truss's campaign, we're perhaps beginning to see the right formulating around one candidate. We're not there yet, but Jacob Rees-Mogg and Nadine Doris have come out and they have backed Liz Truss, suggesting that she is as much a Brexiteer as they are, despite the fact she backed Remain. And I think that this is just adding to the sense that Liz Truss is emerging as a Stop Rishi candidate. We still need to see if she's got the numbers to be in that final two. But I think the signs are pointing to rules at the moment. We say it because things can change. A Rishi Sunak Liz Truss final two potentially. And Rishi Sunak at his launch, I think, was trying to make the point today that for all the talk that he is an enemy of Boris Johnson or the loyalists out to get him, he made a... I think there are two significant things in that launch. First, Dominic Raab introduced him to the stage. So the Deputy Prime Minister is backing him. Dominic Raab is seen as a Boris Johnson loyalist. And then secondly, you saw actually Rishi Sunak taking the time to try and praise Boris Johnson, saying that he was one of the most you know, exceptional people he'd ever met. That's not going to be enough to silence all his critics, but it's interesting that they're clearly trying to respond to the criticism by painting him as a unity candidate. James, what struck you about the launches to, so far today? So I think you're right that the Rishi Sunak launch was, you know, I've known Rishi for years, but it, and it was very deliberately very upbeat. That was kind of, it was all positive. It was, and I thought it was interesting on, on, on tax, which is the kind of message is, look, you know, we're going to grip inflation and then we will cut taxes, kind of grow the economy and then cut taxes. And I thought what was, I was also struck how uh, you were at the Kemi Badenoch launch and how she is not joining this kind of tax-cutting bidding war of, you know, who, who, can, who can slice the most billions off tax? And saying that, you know, she was trying to say that, you know, that, that politics is about trade-offs and she wasn't going to promise things she can't deliver, which I, which I thought was striking. I also think that there is, there is an interesting question. You talked about Jacob Rees-Morgan, the Dean Doris's endorsement of Liz Truss. It was also quite kind of two-footed, shall we put it like that, in that Jacob Rees-Mogg was, you know, said that she'd been against Rishi's higher taxes in Cabinet. 
And then I've also, in a sign of what is the biggest challenge for her, I think, on the right, he said that she is as strong a Brexiteer as either of us, referring to him and to Liz Truss, which, which is a stretch, I think, given that Liz Truss did campaign for Maine in 2016. I think you saw from what Steve Baker said to Andrew Marr last night, but for some people that is still fundamental and really matters. I mean, there is also a fascinating subplot in this race, which is what is going on with the Sweller Brodman Pretty Patel situation. As long as either of those candidates is in the race, I think it is hard for Trust to have a real shot at uniting the right. But at the moment, they still appear to be involved in this standoff about, you know, which one of them should stand, who should stand. And I think it is hard to think that there are 30 votes for both of them. As someone not from either the Sweller Brodman campaign or the Pretty Patel campaign, but another campaign but can probably get to 20, but will struggle to get to 30, said to me. When you consider the number of candidates in the field, it's actually a really high threshold. 36 is 10% of the parliamentary party. There are roughly 10 candidates standing, if my maths is right, and that's not including Raymond Schistes. And so you are, you are almost requiring people to be able to get, you know, as many votes as anybody else. Now, obviously, the votes are not going to be totally evenly distributed, but that, but that 30 threshold is, I think, troubling some of the campaigns. Completely, because I think the fact that they said 20 to join the ballot, I think saw quite a few people initially say, oh, this isn't as bad as we thought of it. But the fact that the first round comes tomorrow and you have to have 30 means that effectively... I mean, you are I, at high threshold anyway, because we're not expecting so many dropouts. I think, I think one of the things that, that, that I suspect led to Grant Shapps kind of folding his tent this morning was the 30, not the 20, right? That you could see a way that Grant Shapps could have racked up 20. It was hard to see how he could rack up 30. I also think there's another interesting dynamic on the left where it's clear that it's Tom Tugendhat who's got the momentum not Jeremy Hunt. You know, he had his launch this morning and and you know and and so the question then becomes, you know, what does Jeremy Hunt do? What does his do his campaign supporters do? I think it's also stop me if I said where do you think they might go? Do you think that it's people would probably assume they would go to Tom Tugendhat, but do you think there's a chance uh, they might want to get behind Rishi Sunak if he looks like a front runner? I don't, I don't think all of them will go to Tom. So you can't be certain where Jeremy Hunt will go. I don't think all of them will go to Tom Tugendhat because a lot of them are, you know, former ministers, former cabinet ministers, Jeremy Hunt supporters. And I think there is a kind of view that it is a real stretch to go from being chairman of the Foreign Affairs Select Committee, never having done a job in government, to being prime minister. And I think that will that will stop quite a few people. I also think that there are some people for whom this Jacob Rees-Mogg, Nadine Doris endorsement of Liz Truss makes people think, you know, okay, that's that's where the race is heading and I'm going to get there early. I think the other interesting thing today is that Penny Morden, she is having, she's continuing to rack up endorsements. She got David Davis today. And I mean, there is a sense right now that if you were talking about parliamentary momentum, not, not momentum among among who Tory activists are looking at, but among parliamentary momentum. It does appear to be the Morden, Truss and Sunak campaigns that have the most mo right now. Yes, and it's interesting on Penny Morden, as you say, because as things stand, it feels as though, if we should look at where the numbers are, Rishi Sunak and Penny Morden are the most likely to make the final two. There was a con home poll last night, um, which I think was seen as a bit of a shock poll by many in the sense that on the question who would be the best leader to have Ben Wallace is out. Um, he decided not to run. You had Penny Morden as number one. Very narrowly uh, in second place was Kemi Badenoch. Then it was Rishi Sunak. Then it's Suada Braverman. Then it's Liz Truss. So that's the top five. And I think looking at that, you start to see how a Rishi Sunak-Penny Morden runoff could be 
quite tricky for the former chancellor. However, it feels as though if the right can unite around a candidate, they would be able to stop one of those two getting in. Um, but it, as you say, it rests them at actually managing to decide rather than saying, oh, this person's not a Brexiteer or, and, and, and so forth. Yeah, and I think it depends. I mean, there are all sorts of, of questions. The Conhome survey has a good record. But the one thing I would say at the moment is this, this is an extremely volatile campaign, right? And it would be wrong to think that these things are not snap. Uh, that, that these things are predictions. They're snapshots. I think what's going on is that the Tory electorate is shopping around and it is looking at every candidate. It wants to kick the tires on every candidate, and so I, I think I think that that is. I, I would I would caution about reading too much into that. I think what they find out more about these candidates is going to matter. And I think also you know, there there is an odd thing right now, which is. And, you know, all the campaigns have been criticised for this, not taking that many questions at, at, press, at, at launches and all this. There is also this other question, which is, you know, who is, who is going to go in and sit down and do, like, the big interview? You know, the, you know who could go half an hour of Andrew Neil here? You know, that is, I think, going to become a factor too, because it's not just picking a leader for itself, it's picking a prime minister. But, I mean, that, that responsibility is something I think Tory members will take very seriously. And James, you mentioned about Tom Tugendhat and the fact that he, he lacks that cabinet experience, as does Kemi Badenoch, and I was at her launch earlier, and in the Q&A I put this to her, um, so I think we can listen to her response now. Uh, I say you're wrong, and you don't know me. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, it is true. I'm, it, it is true that I haven't been in cabinet. That's because nobody put me there. I think if they had, if they had, um, they would have seen me do exactly what I've done with every single job in government that I've been given. And it just so happens that every time I've been a minister, I've done two ministerial roles. I was children and families minister, and also because they forgot to appoint an apprenticeships minister, I did that while eight months pregnant, and nobody noticed that there was a minister missing. So. That is Kemi, like Tom, trying to make a virtue out of the fact they weren't in cabinet. But I think, I think we can definitely see how so far both of their careers are probably going to be positively impacted by running in this leadership contest. They have won a lot of support. I think particularly in Kemi Bader's case, more people expected. Tom Tugan doing better than Jeremy Hunt. So perhaps they are going to receive cabinet jobs in the next government. That seems like a fairly good bet, depending on who, on who wins. Yet, still speaking to senior Tories, I think they're just not convinced you can put someone like that into the top job. Look, I think if, we, I think if a Tory party were in opposition, and this was a leadership contest after the Tories had lost an election, I think Kemi Badenoch would be doing absolutely everything right that she needed to do to win that contest. I think the challenge for her is, can you say that you are going to be the person who is going to walk out of that Conservative election result declaration on September the 5th and into Downing Street. And I mean, that, that is the big question for those candidates. Anyway, we will be back later on in the day. I can see Katie is about to dash off to something else. And so keep listening. We'll keep you updated and see you later. Bye. A Spectator subscription is now better value than ever before. As a new subscriber joining today, you'll pay just £1 a week for unlimited online and app access in your first year. To subscribe today, go to spectator.co.uk forward slash unlimited.